amazing. That was perfect. Great. Hello, get it. everybody. No problems. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Welcome to If It's Gay, We Play, listening audience. Um, we're here, and it's a podcast, and we have a guest this week. Um, Dad's not. Why is this the worst intro to an episode I've ever done? I don't know. Hello and welcome I think it's to If It's Gay, We Play. I think it's because we don't uh, have Aaron the here. The podcast so where we don't have producer Aaron here, so we don't have to hear anything about how uh, Sekiro... Shadows, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Shadows Die Twice is the best game of all time. Um, I wanted to hear about that. I did too, but we'll we'll get there eventually. My he also didn't Ka- say it was the best game of all time. He just said it was a treat of a game. Listen, my name is Kai. My <laughs> pronouns are they, them, theirs. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And we have a guest. special guest. Hello, I'm Jocelyn, and she, her, hers as well. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Jocelyn. Welcome to the show. For those of you who don't know, I have a family. Um, and, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I am too, honestly. I, I'm grateful for you, though. Jocelyn is actually a member of that family that I have. Uh, you are my cousin. Is that correct? Can you verify? <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. Yes, that's Allegedly, what I've heard. Allegedly, cousin. Uh, I, I have, I've known Jocelyn since I believe I was born, and um, I think uh, you provided a real source of inspiration in your goth teenage years for my uh, present existence today. So thank you very much for that, Jocelyn. Yeah, absolutely. I've sort of made a uh, I made a big loop where I um, pretended to be really cool for like five <laughs> or six years. You tricked and me. And was like a I was like a barista. I went from like goth nerd teenager to being like a barista English major who mm-hmm. wore berets and only smoked pink Nat Shermans. Incredible. And then I just made like a complete full reversal. And now I wear gamer t shirts while I go to work in a games company. So, so now I'm not cool at all. That's how you do. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I love that shit. Uh, you also, you also, uh, quick cross promotion. You also have a podcast. Do you want to? Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that real quick, and then we'll talk about it more at the end? Because I'm the biggest fan of your podcast. I have to say. Oh, thank you. Um, so my podcast is called The Orville Will Be Canceled. Um, the Orville will probably not be canceled, but we will soldier on anyway. Uh, so I have a podcast with my friend Greg, uh, and, um, for anybody who is fortunate enough not to know, uh, Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy, got a bunch of money and thought it would be really cool to make a Star Trek show where he's the captain. So it's, Hmm. um, Seth MacFarlane's self-insert fan fiction, uh, with a whole bunch of money thrown at it. Uh, it's absolutely atrocious writing, uh, atrocious acting, just basically atrocious everything except for set design. Um, and Greg and I watch it and complain about it. And then people flame us online because they love Seth. So that's about it. <laughs> that's fun. Part of the reason I wanted to bring it up is because Seth MacFarlane is so well known for his notoriously terrible representations of queer people and trans people on all of his television shows. Um, and I just and the Orville is no exception. Exactly, the Orville is no exception. And I I have such strong feelings about everything that he stands for as a person. And any any medium that I have to to speak out against the dangers of Seth MacFarlane and his content, I will definitely take. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane success. <laughs> so Hannah, yes, I Kai. Think he's he's just really stupid and doesn't like see any reason to stop being stupid. Well, he's just privileged. He's just a straight white to. guy. I think he's a. I think he's a piece of shit. I don't think when you're in nobody's a grown, arguing against that. When you're in a grown adult, ignorance is no excuse, <laughs> and especially when you're a famous grown adult, like you don't have ignorance. You just simply do not. I, There's no way. 
He does. He has enough money that it doesn't matter, and he just makes his TV show and doesn't think about anything. And yeah. in a way, yeah. I respect it. And mostly, I capitalize on it and make a podcast about it. It's so. brilliant, I think, to capitalize off of his own incompetence and foolery. I think it's. I think it's brilliant. I'll. I'll stop talking to you about that now because I know you get enough of that in your personal life. <laughs> but uh, Hannah, what yes, is the hi. gayest thing that you've done this week? Uh, I have two answers. Mm-hmm. One is that I got bullied by the same crust punk teenager twice. Oh, yeah. I think it was what? the same crust punk teenager. One time I was sitting outside of this, like, punk rock coffee shop, and um, this teen was walking by. I was waiting for my food, and this teen was walking by, and he points to the sidewalk, and he's like, you dropped that. And I looked, and there was nothing there. And I knew there would be nothing there. I don't know why I looked. <laughs> and I looked, and he was like, huh, made you look like a big nerd. And I was like, Oh no, did I just get bullied by a teen? And then later I was in, like the next day or a couple days later, I was inside of that like punk rock coffee shop and that teen came up to me and he was like, hey, do you know where something is or what? I don't know, he was mumbling, but he was like, do you know where it is? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, well, I thought you looked punk rock, so. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. Wow. Did a crust punk teenager just tell me I wasn't punk enough? After he bullied me on the sidewalk and then tried to bum cigarettes from me. Oh, no, he asked if I wanted to smoke a joint with him. Oh. And I was like, smoke a blunt with him. There's no way that that teenager already had weed. There's no way. No, he it was going to be like, want to smoke a blunt? You. Do you have any weed? This is a piece of shit. Uh, so I got bullied by a teenager. I'm sorry, are you equating getting bullied to being gay? Yeah. Are you oh, kidding me? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Kai, are you not? So I got bullied. You got and bullied. And then on Friday night, we went to Deviant at Trax, and I drank too much, and we ended up going to an after party you at our friend's house. You stole my gayest thing. I don't know what to tell you. I was also there. Rude. I don't know what to tell you. I was also there. We got invited to an after party at our friend's house, and uh, I was out until 6 in the morning, which I have not done since my very my late teens, early 20s. Yeah. And there's a very good reason for that, because I spent all of yesterday barely able to move. I was so hungover. Mm-hmm. It was a very, it was a very sad sight I feel very to see. old right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I fully understand. I mean, we, we barely were capable of doing it. Oh, yeah. I feel old based on, like, I haven't done that in literal years, and I felt extremely old yesterday, trying to recover from that thing that I, I felt did. felt fine, because I'm sober now. It's yeah. It's not, um, I'm not straight edge. It's not a, it's not a lifestyle choice. You're it's, also not sober, you smoke weed. Medication. Yeah, I smoke weed, but, like, I'm sober from alcohol or yeah. whatever. What is that? What do you call that? You just don't drink. Oh, right. I don't drink. Yeah, I was great. I, I, I had no problems. That was also the gayest thing that I've done this week, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reconfigure. I'm gonna ask Jocelyn, what what do you think the gayest thing that you've done this week is? It does not mean actually, like, making out with, like, a queer person. I think <laughs> we could just, we can just let her decide. I just, okay, answer. yeah, that's fair. We never, we don't give explanations to people. We just ask them. All right. Jocelyn, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Uh, it's, this is a hard question to answer when mostly what you do is wear your AirPods to work and then type into a computer and then come home. But mm-hmm. uh, I think probably... <laughs> The gayest thing I've done this week, and if she listens to this, she'll recognize herself, uh, um, is there was like some shitty, some shitty stuff that happened at work, and um, one of my friends uh, at work, we have a coffee shop, and she knew that like some shitty stuff happened, and she just like came to the front of the line, and uh, she was also upset, and I was like, "Do you want a hug?" And we had the most awkward like line-stopping, like, 
don't know where to put your arms hug publicly <laughs> at work in front of like 30 people. Um, and that was probably the gayest thing that I did this week, I think. Yeah, that's, that is the gayest thing gay. you've done this week. That's yeah. so powerful. It is. Yeah. It is. I hope yeah. that it was And then worth she was it. like, oh God, sorry that I rugby tackled you. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. And we apologized to each other for like 10 minutes, which was the second gayest thing that I did this week. Yeah, all in all a very gay experience. All in all a very homosexual time. I'm so proud of you, Jocelyn. Um, Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. I think the gayest thing that I've done this week was uh, yesterday I uh, went to the Goodwill with two friends down the street because I was looking for some uh, fancy fancy new evening dresses. Uh, to go to go with the new the new femme goth aesthetic that I am trying to cultivate, and we, I found a hundred dollars on the ground. I think that's yeah. the gayest thing I've done this week. I found a hundred <laughs> fucking dollars on the ground, and I took it and I kept it and I bought my clothes with that hundred dollars uh-huh. yeah. because I do not have a hundred dollars besides that hundred dollars that I found. And God damn it, I am going to buy myself some pretty dresses with free money. That was a gift from Lesbian Jesus trying to get you, give you those dresses. I think it was Laura Jane Grace, personally. I yeah. think Laura Jane Grace herself came to me and said, here's a hundred dollars, you tranny-ass bitch. Purchase yeah, yourself some bitch. dresses. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. Trans I loved every second. Trans Jesus. Trans Jesus. I'm sorry, Jocelyn, we cut you off by saying trans Jesus. What was that? Uh, no, I just said, there you go, perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was. It certainly was. It's a sign. Uh, I think so too. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to throw those on eventually. So, Jocelyn, what games have you been playing lately, if any? Oh, if any. Um, so, I just let me let me just say that because I work in the games industry, um, I've been on a couple of podcasts, and I have to kind of explain like how this works, which is that not only do I play games, everyone around me also plays games, and then we all talk about games incessantly without end. So. Um, it's just like a, a constant stream of game playing and knowledge. Um, oh boy! So I I can't escape. Uh, so for me, um, the game that I have mostly been playing lately is uh, Satisfactory, which came out. Um, have y'all played or heard of Satisfactory? No, mm-hmm. never. Okay, it's in early access. It's on the Steam store. Or sorry, it's not on Steam. It is controversially an Epic Game Store exclusive. Um, so for people who don't know who might be listening, uh, there's all of these game companies, um, that come, are coming out with stores that compete with steam who has like held the monopoly on, um, being a hub for purchasing games. Uh, so Epic games came out and said, Hey, we're going to, uh, take less of a cut of the profit and we're going to make a bunch of exclusive deals. Um, and, uh, it's like good and bad. Um, so anyway, one of the games that came out in early access on there is Satisfactory, um, which is a game where you go to an alien planet and you exploit its resources and create a giant factory to do so. Um, so it's very morally compromised, but I really uh-huh. like building machines. Um, yeah. In that same vein, I also uh, run a modded Minecraft server. Um, so I've also been building things in Minecraft. Um I guess I'm constantly forever playing League of Legends, so that counts. Uh, and on my phone, I have been playing Dragalia Lost, and those are most of the games of recent. That, thank that's you for that. Thank you for that insider that's take. That's, that's more games than I think either of us have ever played in our lives at <laughs> mm-hmm. one given time, even <laughs> though we have this fucking podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounds like a very satisfying game. 
satisfactory. It is, yeah. You put you put the factory down, and then like you put a miner down, and then you make it so a conveyor belt carries the resources being mined into the factory. It's really good. Oh man, I fucking love that, and I am so delighted that you are still playing Minecraft in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. That that's <laughs> just my favorite. A lot of people are still. It's into really interesting if you read like uh, there's like memes on Reddit. Um, I'm sorry mm. to be 30 years old God and forbid. saying memes on Reddit. Listen, you're um, fine. <laughs> uh, so there's this meme on Reddit where uh, there's like a resurgence in Minecraft among adults, and the meme is like all the kids went to Fortnite, so now we can. Uh, play Minecraft again. Um, and then Fortnite picked up that meme and was like, all the kids went to Apex, now we can play Fortnite again. And so it's just going to keep, I think, skipping wherever like people under 18 are playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the fresh meme from the internet for you. God, thank you thank so much. You. I've been missing out on those fresh memes ever since, uh, for my sanity, I left Reddit probably about four years ago. Uh, Hannah, uh, ah, my job my involves Reddit reading Reddit, and so I yeah. am oh, not permitted God to escape. Oh, God bless you, friend. I am so sorry <laughs> right now, honestly. I cannot imagine what my life would be like if that was something that I was forced to do. It's not, it's not my favorite part. Yeah, okay. no, that's fair. I mean, I mean, Reddit is not necessarily the worst place on the internet that you can be. It's I'll bad, though. That. It's pretty uh, bad. But I also have to read YouTube comments. So, oh, that's boy. a bummer. Oh, nah, Jesus. That's an absolute bummer. Wow, I, I, I'm in a little bit of shock right now. Yeah, I think. YouTube comments might be the worst place on the internet. Maybe. I Not YouTube itself, but YouTube comments. Well, I'm at the very least excited that Minecraft is no longer the worst place on the internet because I deeply love Minecraft and have uh, a serious, serious affection for it. Now that there's no longer children playing Minecraft, what if I go back? You, I mean, you. What could. have you been playing recently? Um, what have I been playing? Are, are you familiar at all with the game Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, Jesus Jocelyn? Christ. Yes. You are? She is. That is literally all that I'm going to talk to you about from now on, because it's my favorite game of all time, uh, and I just recently finally finished it, after probably about eight years of trying to play it on and off and finish it. Oh my uh, god. I know, it's, it's really sad. Um, and when I first had to play it, I had to like reprogram the the hex to actually get it to run on my computer but now steam just has it and i was able to do it just fine um but i i just finished it and and then the day after i did vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 news coming out in 2020 it was just i'm so excited i'm like stupid excited i love that fucking game that's awesome so proud that i beat it it's it's the dumbest game jocelyn have Mm -hmm. you played it or have you just heard of it no, I've heard of it. I have friends that are into it, but I never got into it. It's like it's like the most goth RPG that uh-huh. I can that I can fathom. Well, and existing. it started as a tabletop game, right? Well, yeah, exactly. And I know that Jillian Venters, who's a big like writer in the goth community, used to um, LARP Vampire the Masquerade, which is what I would love to be doing right now. But unfortunately, nobody's I have, stopping you. I have jobs I have to apply for yeah. where I don't think they would very much like it if I was going around masquerading as a vampire. You can LARP. I mean, you don't do it at work. What? But LARPing just, isn't a full-time position? But you just LARP when you're not at work. Listen, okay, fine. Well, I've been playing Vampire the there Masquerade. There was this girl. Lines. Oh, yeah? This girl at my college. Everyone called her Vampire Girl. She was in my, uh, she was in my Japanese class. 
Um, and my Japanese was. class was it? My Japanese class was at eight a.m. I was in Japanese class because I wanted to be an international corporate lawyer working in Japan. She was not in Japanese class for that reason. <laughs> and I, know. I can um, imagine exactly why she was in Japanese class. She had a cape that she wore everywhere, and she had mm-hmm. custom fangs that were fitted. And she would be out all night with. There was a there was a, a little magic shop called Hocus Pocus. And she would be out all night with the staff of Hocus Pocus, and they would all be dressed like Interview with a Vampire style, like top hats and shit, like Lestat. Mm. And uh, and and she would come to eight a.m. Japanese class without sleeping, and she would fall asleep in class, and the professor would yell at her, and she would um, raise her head off the table, and in this tiny anime voice with her vampire things, say, "Sumimasa." And uh, I don't know if that's the life that you want to lead. That sounds like, I think you just described the most insufferable human being on planet Earth. Like, not to yuck any yums, (laughs) but I feel like I can picture that person exactly, and I I despise them. To your credit, you did a very good imitation. Yeah. I I don't know where she is now. such a vivid picture. (laughs) But where, where, where do you picture her? The exact same place. <laughs> mm-hmm. She might be stuck in time in that classroom still to this day. I would I not think be she surprised. probably took over Hocus Pocus and mm. uh, oh. is the exact same person except in that shop instead of up the street. That's what I think. God, yeah. I really hope that she got to live her dream in that way because that's what I imagine she would want to yeah. do. You Ugh. know, I just want everyone to be happy, even if it's... Even weebs. Even weebs. Even insufferable vampire weebs. Yeah. So, Ugh. Hannah. Yes, Kai. What are you playing this week? That story just... Oh, You're just, playing Kingdom Hearts 3, is that heart. correct? Yeah, speaking of stupid games... Okay, don't say that. <laughs> I'm going to. All right. I'm going to, and I stand by it. I've... Excuse me. First of all, have you played it? No. And second of I've all, watched you. you've watched, been watching me play it. Do you think it's not stupid? It's I unbelievably think stupid. It is stupid. It's incredibly stupid. Do you think stupid. it needs more cutscenes? Is that what I think that? it needs? Oh Christ! I think it needs like probably Jocelyn. about three more cutscenes. Oh my God, the cutscenes, <laughs> Jocelyn! Oh my God, the cutscenes! <laughs> the cutscenes make me want to jab my eyes out with a pencil. The twenty, the unbroken twenty-minute cutscene at the beginning of the game is the worst thing I've ever seen in my. And all the cutscenes are that woman is particularly bad. All the cutscenes are so long. They're so long. They're like <laughs> Mass Effect One. But Elevator longer. loading time. Yes, like uh, the whole game so far feels like a Mass Effect one elevator load. I love Mass Effect. Yeah, don't you Mass dare Effect. bring my baby into this. I excuse you. Do I not love Mass Effect? You don't like the first one? No, I don't. All right. For this exact reason. Fine. Continue the, with your rant. Fucking very long. Unskippable Go on. Tell, cutscenes. tell us about Mickey Mouse. Um, I won't get. Well, I think we'll have a separate episode that's all about Kingdom Hearts three because I'm gonna have so much to say about it. Like how it's the dumbest dumb shit game. Okay. And I think Kingdom Hearts. I think two things. I think first of all, Kingdom Hearts has always been stupid, and I think everybody knows this. And it's just that I'm no longer through playing this game I'm 26 mm-hmm. years old and so I don't, I'm not like oh my god this is so cool I'm like please stop talking please stop talking for just a second stop talking someone on my goofy. Twitter got mad at me because I was like I don't care about Disney and I don't like anime so why would I care about Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> uh-huh. and they were like and they were like, what do you mean you don't like Disney and anime? And I was like, well, I'm not a child. I don't have children. And anime ruins people's lives. 
<laughs> it so does. I have no You're reason right. to care. <laughs> You're right. Anime does. I mean, as um, uh, Miyazaki himself said, anime was a mistake. I want to let everyone in on a joke real quick. Um, Jocelyn, <laughs> your brother, my cousin, uh, <laughs> likes anime a lot. Mm. Right? He loves anime. He and is he, one of my strongest memories. <laughs> he is the of world's him. premier weeb. Yes, he is. Oh, one no. of my strongest memories of him is when we were uh, uh, children in our grandparents' house. He was upstairs on their computer in their bedroom reading Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me all about the world of Kingdom Hearts and what I needed to understand about it because he was just so deeply passionate about Kingdom Hearts. And I'm curious if he. Um, continues to be because mm-hmm. I actually don't know. I've never asked. Um, so my thoughts on Kingdom Hearts so far, I've played probably like five hours are that the first three hours are the worst just in general, like they're the <laughs> worst video game um, that there's the cutscenes are bad. They're just bad. Um, the facial animation is terrible, which is really weird. It's like, it's this game that obviously came out in 2019, but it looks like a game from like 2011 in a lot of ways. Like, it's like they animated the faces in 2011 and never updated it because the, the mouths are sort of uncomfortably detailed. Like you can see all of Sora's teeth, but the eyes don't move when anyone talks and then there'll be a cutscene which is uncomfortably well animated, and then it'll go back to like these really weirdly static faces. It's very uncomfortable. Um, the other thing I have to say is that the um, there's too much packed into it. Like I think part of the reason this game is so stupid is because it's like trying to be like 13 different video games, and there's all these like mini games. And in the first three hours, it introduced like 20 gameplay mechanics, and like combat mechanics and it's like we didn't want all of this we just wanted a functional third kingdom hearts game and so it's just trying to pack all this dumb shit in and then the other worst thing about it so far is that the voice actor that plays mickey mouse cannot is not the actual voice actor who does mickey mouse and cannot do a passable mickey mouse impression it just sounds like just a woman just talking it's like gee, Sora, we have to get the Keyblade. I'm like, that's not Mickey Mouse. I don't care about Mickey Mouse. I don't care about Disney, but that's not what Mickey Mouse sounds like. But you care like. enough that you want it to I care like enough Mickey about, Mouse. like, I care about lazy game making is what I care about. Oh. And it's like, they got they got the actual cast of, maybe they spent all their money on this, they got the actual cast of Frozen. It's like Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel are in this game, but they couldn't get the Mickey Mouse guy to voice actual Mickey Mouse. I don't know who the Mickey Mouse person is. Mind-boggling I think there's been multiple. But this one is bad. Yeah, I think and there's probably a, the original one is dead by now. Since that that's was a great Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's been, there's been many. Yeah. Like, I get that, but like, I think part of the way that you're hired to do Mickey Mouse is that you can do a Mickey Mouse impression. Sure, 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 sure. Can you do a cannot. Mickey Mouse impression? That's my question. Thank you. Uh huh. Can you can you do it? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know I can't. Hannah, Jeez, I, Hannah, can you do it? We have to get the Keyblade. <laughs> That's not good, but it's better than the person in Kingdom Hearts Three. Listen, I think I do a great Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, Kai. Hey, Hannah. You want to show us your Donald real quick? Yeah, I'll bring out the Donald. <laughs> Do you want to? Uh, That's high quality podcast. Say something audio. in your uh, Donald Duck. I can't. No, you can. <laughs> say I'm Donald Duck. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. That's, the, that's just. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way we know how to do it here. And if that's, it's gay, we play. That's Kai.
highest Donald Duck impression we were <laughs> the other day. Um, I also have one more thing to say it's about Kingdom Hearts. Oh my God. God. But the other, I, it's quick. The other day we were just sitting. I think I was playing the game or whatever, and in it was like <laughs> silent and just out of nowhere. Kai starts does that voice and it scared the shit out of it's me. It's not a voice. It's a series of noises. It's Don't give me that much credit. All right, fine. Uh, the other thing about Kingdom Hearts 3... God damn it. Fucking Jesus, I lost it. No, you we're doing a whole separate episode. No, Please I know. Stop I know. Us about no, Kingdom no, 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 no. It's important. It's anymore. my initial impressions. It was oh, so it was really high naturally when I was playing the first like couple three hours of the game. because uh, I started playing and it was like this game is stupid. I'm gonna get high and I did. And I so I didn't and it the Kingdom Hearts doesn't make any sense. So I had no idea what was going on at all. And so then later, sober, I like Wikipedia the summary of the first three hours and I still have no fucking clue what's going on. Because the understanding this game initially is really dependent on you having played um, Birth by Sleep, which no one has. And so it's just way too reliant on their side games. It's weird. So anyway, how, how long are you going to keep subjecting yourself to playing this game that you despise? I think it's very similar to the Orville uh, will be canceled in that Hannah would okay. really like Kingdom Hearts to be canceled and is banking. Here's off the thing: of what I really content. want, what I really want, is to start enjoying this game because several people whose opinions I trust have told me that it is enjoyable, and so far I'm not especially enjoying it. I've done the Hercules World, which was pretty good, and I've done the Toy Story World, which was dumb as hell, and I'm about to do the Tangled World, which Tangled is a movie I saw once meh, ten years ago. Um, and so I'm probably gonna give it like 20 hours at least. It's like if I'm gonna drop a book, I like to give it like 50 to 100 pages before I'm like, no, this is irredeemable garbage. No, I feel like 20 hours is a lot more than 50 to 100 pages. I'm it's gonna like, give you that like, right now. It's yeah. like, it's like my, it's, so it is, you're right. I'm gonna give it at least 10 hours because okay. that's, that's like my equivalent of giving a movie like 20 minutes before I'm like, this is garbage. I can't watch this. That's far more reasonable. Yeah. Is like 10, 15 hours. Well, thank you for your... That's the, my game equivalent of like a quarter yeah. of the thing. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about Kingdom Hearts now. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm really monopolizing the conversation. I just have a lot of th- <laughs> thoughts and a feelings about it. A lot of thoughts and it. feelings about Kingdom Hearts, yes. I waited 13 years for this piece of trash game, and so I'm, I'm allowed, I think. That's, that's completely fair. It's a trash game. No, I understand. For trash people. I understand. Tabletop Potluck is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role-playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we've brought to the potluck. Tabletop Potluck is one of our favorite podcasts, Mm -hmm. and they have previously been guests on our show before, and we just love them very much, and we're very excited that they're in our lives. Um, I think that if you like any sort of, like, pen and paper role-playing games, or you're gay... Or you're both of those things, you should probably check out this podcast. Uh huh. I wrote a little jingle for them. Tabletop potluck, it's also a podcast. We think that you'll like it a lot. Um, so let's talk about Jocelyn. <laughs> let's let's bring no, it back to our special okay. guest. No, 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 no. You're here to be spoken to and about. Um, Jocelyn. But not from, I can't speak. Just to and about. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You must sit there and be, uh, neither seen nor heard as this is an audio medium. I just medium. regale the listeners with my favorite memories of growing up and knowing Jocelyn as a child. We could, as though it is a you eulogy. You don't necessarily <laughs> want that to happen in the other direction. 
<laughs> no, I do not. Oh, I very much do. Actually, I very much do. Uh, do you think perhaps, Jocelyn, you could share with me uh, the, the most embarrassing thing that I have ever Wait, done in your first, presence? First, I want to do a little housekeeping. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Jocelyn, yes. how would you define yourself and your identity? Uh, <laughs> is that enough? Can I just say, uh, yeah, actually, actually that is, yeah, a, that is a perfectly right, adequate cool. answer to that question. <laughs> now let's get to the good I don't know. shit. Yeah. It's, it's like asking me what my religion is or, uh, my political stance or, uh, actually anything about myself. I just kind of say, hmm. uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, you allow, you allow space, you allow space for growth and change and learning. <laughs> and I think that that's important. Uh, would you say, not that this is an umbrella term to anybody, but for the purposes of us, would you say you um, consider yourself underneath the queer umbrella? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. It's a, ni- it's a nice umbrella. It's very spacious. Protects us from the rain and the sun. Do you know what the queer umbrella is like? What? Remember what, yeah. in like elementary school when you had those parachutes, those big, like colorful parachutes that you would like wave it up and people would run underneath it? And they were huge, and you would, like, grab all the edges of it. Uh-huh. That's what it's like. That's the queer umbrella. Cool. Solid metaphor. Thank you. So, Jocelyn. Except there's, like, five people arguing about what the umbrella is for and who should be allowed <laughs> under it. And yes, whether it should be called an umbrella. school, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's Correct. what I remember, at least. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm wrong. Bickering like children. Yep. Absolutely. I can uh-huh. call it. <laughs> Listen, I, I I am just desperate over here to know what you know about me that I don't know that I that I want to be told on a on a national medium. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were a child, your favorite movie was The Lion King. Yeah, no, everyone knows that. Yes, well documented. But they took out Scar, so you didn't know who Scar was. Yes, my parents fast forwarded through all of the scenes with Scar, the most homosexual part of The Lion King, I would argue. Okay, that's the whole movie. Like, what did you think The Lion King was about if you didn't know any of the plot or conflict of The Lion King? Lions. Oh, boy. How old were you when you found out when The Lion King was actually about? Five. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Good parenting. (laughs) So there was one time, there was one time when Kai came to our house and, um... Everybody had drinks, and Bradley's favorite mug oh, was yeah. the Lion King mug. And uh, Kai got really upset that they did not get the Lion King mug and leaned over and whispered to their mother uh, yeah. like she was a lawyer. And <laughs> she was like, um, Bradley, it would be really nice if you gave up your mug. And Bradley's like, why? What? <laughs> I'm drinking out of it. Who gives a shit? <clears throat> wow. You little shit. There's yeah, a lot no, of that shit. Worst. You were a little brat. <laughs> well, I was an yeah. only child, and yeah. Teresa's the way that she is. Yep. Yeah, you were an only child who at one point in time had money. I'm just thankful that um, I feel like I've really improved since then, and I don't ask you for your Lion King mug when you're already using it. Yeah, that's very nice of you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm just envisioning a scenario in which you come up and I'm drinking out of a cup you want and you just smack it out of my hand. No, I'm picturing I have a lawyer with me and I whisper to the lawyer. Yeah, just for me. lean over and whisper uh, my to My client them. would like yeah. to uh, advocate for the use of the Lion King mug. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Thank you. I just pulled out some words that I thought sounded official. Fuck, man. I'm 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 glad that's out there. I'm glad that that story yeah. is out there to the to the public now. I think that everyone go. needs to know where I come from and who. It's and what who you asked for. Tuesday. 
Thank, thank you. And you, you completely fulfilled all of my wishes, Jocelyn. Um, I think what we what we normally do with our guests is we we also ask you about like what your uh, what your most important. Well, let's. I, uh, yeah, you go. Oh, I was going to say, Jocelyn, you work in the games industry, Correct. and you are a person under the big queer umbrella. The big queer parachute. Yes. Do activity. you? want to talk a little bit about your experience being do you uh being a um queer in some capacity a uh, woman in some capacity who's working works in the games industry in some capacity in some capacity yeah, yeah. i mean so i work in uh, so i work at riot and i work uh since you i'm your cousin who you don't understand what i do i will mm-hmm. briefly say what i do um so i work at riot i work in um publishing and okay. uh what I do is um, the thing that makes Riot different from a lot of game companies is um, they're super invested in being pretty serious about taking on player feedback and letting people talk to players. So like most companies will have like a community manager who handles um, communication with uh, players about a particular game at Riot. Anybody can talk to players um, Hmm. basically all of the time about whatever they want. And you have a lot of leeway about what you can say on social media and stuff. So um, what I do is uh, I help collect all of that player feedback, um, like, because there's a whole lot of it, because we have a lot of people who play League of Legends, um, and I help aggregate that and put it into, like, a consumable thing to help people make decisions at Riot. So instead of, like, reading 100 Reddit threads, I just, like, analyze everything that people are saying about a thing on Reddit using computer and tell them what the big takeaways are essentially. Interesting. Um, So uh, that's what I do um, for my money job. Um, Other than that, um, so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, including you two or people listening, um, there was a big expose published last August about Riot Games, where I work, uh, in Kotaku uh, that went over um, some of the history of problems related to like sexism and bro culture and like all of the shit that's pretty common in the tech industry and the games industry specifically. Um, so a lot of the last <clears throat> six months of my life have been uh, dealing with like the fallout of that rock getting turned over. Um, and so that's made it like kind of a really weird and interesting time to be a queer woman in games because. Mm-hmm. Um, people are talking about that stuff in a way that they weren't before. And when the article was published, um, I tweeted, Hey, um, if anybody wants to talk about this stuff, my DMS are open. And I got a lot of messages from, um, younger women or a variety of non-male genders, um, who wanted to work in the games industry someday. And were like, how do you make that work? Um, so I've been in communication with a lot of people, uh, at work, I'm part of like some internal projects around um, helping with gender diversity and uh, making sure that underrepresented genders have a voice um, and resources. And um, it's been at the forefront in a way that I didn't especially anticipate or hope when I was starting this job. But it's also like I didn't realize what it meant to actually be the only woman in like multiple meetings per day until it happened and then it gets it gets weird yeah that's something I mean I obviously don't work in the games industry but that's I have worked 
at a place before I was uh, bartending at a brewery where for a while I was the only woman who worked there. And in a very different, it's very a very different industry, but the beer, craft beer industry is also another industry that is very male-dominated and very, Does like, not surprise me. Yeah, no, no. cis-heteronormative uh, in a lot of ways. And not necessarily, like, I my joke with my other queer friend who works in the industry that every brewery has, like, one queer who works at it, and that she's, like, the beer queer um, at her <laughs> job. But it's usually only one for whatever reason, which makes mm-hmm. it hard not to feel like you're filling some sort of diversity quota. Um, but it also, like... It's the same thing where it's like you don't but for me, I'm not to put words in your mouth, but for me it was like I didn't really think about the fact that I was the only woman there until I really, really did, you know, until it like came up in some major way and like I got harassed by some customer or like I was not getting promoted to a manager position that they had told me that I was in consideration for over this guy who like just had way less qualification to do it. Um so yeah, it's that's I don't know, my my experience. I mean, bare minimum, I'm really happy that somebody is doing that work and is in that position, and I'm happy that it's you because based on what I know about you, uh, not you, Hannah, you, Jocelyn, I I, I trust you deeply with that, but I can also only imagine, like, how how that feels to be be experiencing that on a regular basis, and I I just, I I so appreciate you. That's just, that's really, that's incredible. I just really appreciate it. Um, do you think... Hey, thank you. It's also, yeah, like, the only place... I've. It, the weird thing is, like... So, like, as you know, I grew up in, like, rural Pennsylvania. And, like, what? half of the people there are women, so who gives a shit if you're a woman or not? Like, you're gonna be oppressed, but, like, it's, like, normal <laughs> to be a woman. But if you're queer, yeah. like, holy shit. Like, there were, yeah. like, two openly queer people where I grew up. And so it's weird to be in this backward world where, like, people don't give a shit about your sexuality, really, but, like, being a woman is, like, a political action. I like, like, just the, the merit, like, by merit of being a woman in a room or, like, anything that is, like, not a cis man, like, you stand out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, just being queer is, like, not really, like, as contentious of a position to be in because we're in, like, liberal paradise California, so no one really cares that much. Sure. Um, and so that's, like, there's been this kind of weird reversal that it's been hard to get my mind around, I guess. Yeah, that's wild, because the identity of, of woman, it, it's it's politicized. Like, politics are put onto your body on, I wouldn't say, uh, on not regular basis. But when it's put onto, like, your body, not necessarily by your choice on such a regular, all, all, like, all the time, that's, that's definitely a huge shift, especially from mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Because, you know, I we, we've talked about, like, me coming out to our family before and a lot of the um, kind kind folks who are from Pennsylvania's reactions have been, in fact, less than stellar. Mixed reception. Uh, mixed reception. Yeah. Mixed, mixed reception. <laughs> though, though a lot have actually been really wonderful. Like, your mom uh, has just been so incredibly supportive of me. But, like, you know, that, that sort of environment, like, being queer is very contentious. And I'm glad you made it out, but <laughs> that's... It's definitely a different world over there in California, that's for sure. Something that I, I hadn't really, like, I never really, can like, thought about or conceived of, like, what you're saying, Jocelyn, that, like, being queer would be fine, but being a woman would not be fine. Like, I guess I've never really been in a position like that. Like, it's usually both that's not fine or that the queerness is not like fine. Like, intersectionality? Yeah, in my experience. But the, Yeah, it's almost yeah. always, like, the other way around, right? 
Um, that's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's especially in like, you know, like competitive games, there's a lot of kinds of language that get thrown around. Um, and I have girl in my name, uh, in the video game for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so like, uh, I get all kinds of shit thrown my way, uh, from like the asking me if I will be their girlfriend to Mm -hmm. like, um, really, really gross shit. Um, and language around like sexual assault being normalized. Um, so again, like in the space of my hobby, it's like a really weird place, like just to exist. And that's oh, kind definitely. of hard to hard to wrangle. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can I can imagine because I spent. Um, uh, you you mentioned that you uh, were were playing some League of Legends, and I spent a lot of my teenage years playing League of Legends as a woman. Uh, I didn't. And <laughs> yes, I did. I spent probably about five or six years being very dedicated in the community and uh, dating and being involved with several professional league players, um, which is quite a different life than the mm-hmm. one that I lead now. But uh, I, I had similarly had a name that indicated uh, that I was a woman or bare minimum feminine. And I had a, I also had a lot of shit thrown my way about being like not as good as the people that I was playing with because they were fucking professional league players and shit. Not by them, but by the people uh, who were playing with us sometimes. And, and yeah, that's just something that I think is a huge problem in any online gaming community because I think it's still such a... Uh, such a boys club based on a lot of the history of like the fucking gaming community and stuff and the way that games are perceived widely. Cause it's not like women and queer people don't play video games. Like that's why our podcasts exist. Cause we do. And that's why we have a listener. I've base. never played a video game. In my life. I don't believe I actually you. love to be called an e-girl 50 times a day. It makes me feel really good. A what? E-girl. 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 Is this something new to you? That's because I've been out of the game for probably a couple years now, Jocelyn. I've never been called an e-girl before. I don't know what that means. Uh, so I don't know how far it goes beyond league, but um, in league, there's this idea that um, there is a play style that's really uh, specific to women. Um, hmm. huh. And that is like playing a support who like shields and heals people instead of being like a carry who deals a bunch of damage. And uh-huh. so... Um, when you're a woman in a game, if you play that kind of style, uh, you get called an e-girl. And if you don't play that kind of style and you fuck up, you say, hey, you're an e-girl, why aren't you playing that kind of champion? Mm. (laughs) And, like, it's, like, the the term for, like, a girl who is not as good at League as her male friends and, like, is just getting carried um, by just, like, pressing the shield button. I have to have been called that because I did play support role. <laughs> yep, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Yikes. do you do you at least enjoy the mechanics of the game? League of Legends? Yeah, I fucking love yeah. League. You know, like, I, I have people that I play with who I'm friends with um, who, uh, if they use that kind of language, are only doing it to make asshole jokes, um, not, mm-hmm. like, actually mean it, usually. Um so that helps, but yeah, like I really, I love League. It would be hard to work at Riot if I didn't love League. Um, no, I can imagine, but I'm so. glad that you do. I mean, that's just comforting to know because you know, even if even if stuff like that happens to you in games, like as long as you enjoy it, a lot of the time I keep coming back because that's what kept me on Warcraft for so many years. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the community is not necessarily uh, all positive, but I I definitely like enjoyed the game for a long enough period of time that I that I stayed. 
but I think it, it always just comes down to like uh, deciding the cost benefit between those two things. Yeah. Like, is it worth it to keep getting bullied in this game or buy a crust punk? Yeah. At one specific location <laughs> repeatedly. I just, that teenager. I just, and I found myself when I got the bullied the first time, I found myself getting angry for a second. And then I was like, wait a minute, why? This doesn't matter at all. But I was like, it just oh. sounds like flirting. It sounds like it really stupid teenager flirting teen, teen boy flirting yeah we oh, saw maybe. we saw him and a crust friend like yelling at some guy in the street before that so he's, i mean they're completely pieces of shit as most crust punks are at me fight me i don't care <laughs> and uh uh but yeah it was it just made me feel like a dongus like i just felt like such a little dingbat i was like i knew there'd be nothing on the sidewalk <laughs> and i was with my lover lasagna yes who was laughing uproariously no, i'm sure she was but, uh, Jocelyn, has there been a time when a video game has made you feel good about being a queer woman? <laughs> Not necessarily Me? an online... Yeah, you. Um, well, I mean, my lizard Max is named after Life is Strange Max, um, which oh. I think was a really excellent. It, it did a little bit, <laughs> it did a little bit of, uh, queer baiting, I would say, a little bit early oh, yeah. on, but, like, um, the kind of, like, post episode that they came out with was like extremely um explicit about uh physical and emotional love between women um and i really really liked how they approached it um in terms of multiplayer games no but also um have you played any of christine loves games Mm-mm, i don't think so yes I think so. Give, give me some examples. Give me some examples. Oh, um, let me look up the name of the game that you should play. Uh, Lady Killer in a, Bl- in a Bind is probably the best one. Oh, my God. That's been suggested to me, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, yeah, you should play that one. Is that is that on itch.io? Christina's fucking dope. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll have to fucking check that out. We, we also played Life is Strange and had a lot of opinions on it. Cause we played Before the Storm. We haven't played the original one. I played parts of the original one. I've played the first episode of the original one, and I watched Dylan play part of the last episode. <laughs> are you talking about the Before the Storm, or are you talking about the original one, Jocelyn? Max is from the original. Right. That's true. Max is from the original, but Before the Storm got way gayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Before the Storm yes, did, get, did way get way gayer. gayer. Uh, they, did, they did definitely pull a kill, kill your gays, bury your gays situation. Well, they had already pulled the bury your gays in the original one because uh, mm-hmm. Rachel... Yeah. You already know it. If you play the original one, you already know what happens to Rachel. No, it's true. And that's a darn shame. But because I, I didn't play the original one, I didn't know what happens to oh, Rachel. Just before the storm got to no. be like a beautiful queer love story. I know. Uh, and then with that like cre- post-credits, not po- post-credit scene or whatever with the uh, ringing out the phone off the hook and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God damn it. I should have <laughs> known. It's too good to be true. I still think it offers like... I don't know. It still made me feel good. Oh yeah, if you ignore that, it made me feel very good. And that's <laughs> that's. It. And then they do the Tempest, and the Tempest is a very good play, and it's just good. Yeah, before the storm gave good. me a lot of emotions. Very big. Oh, yeah, amounts of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I had I had big balance of emotions. Big. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I did. I think I cried during no, before the storm. We all cried during before the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. If you don't, you're oh. probably a monster, honestly. Yes, yeah. most most likely. Or you have uh, a lot of testosterone in your system and your tear ducts don't work as well as they're supposed to be yeah. doing. Because that's a real thing. That kiss scene under the streetlight, I like went back and played it like yeah. two more times because no, I beautiful. loved it so much. I loved it too. And, like, in the original one, shit. there is a moment in a swimming pool, which is also 
I Aww, love that. We'll have to play it. Yeah, one of these days I'll <laughs> and get around. I'll have to play some of Christine Love games too, because that sounds that sounds absolutely delightful. But Jocelyn, you have been talking about um there there is like this weird amount of change that I can't tell if it's like real change or neoliberal change in various entertainment mediums, including gaming, as well as like movies and stuff, like with the whole Me Too movement or whatever in Hollywood that's going on. Um, and I'm curious if you like see a future in gaming that includes more games like Life is Strange except without people dying in it. Like, do you think that that's possible for the industry that we love so dearly to to not fucking kill us and to show us women who are being really cool and like queer people who are being really cool? So I think that so I think that the change is actually real. Um, I think that uh, as with most things, this is complicated by a lot of socioeconomic issues. So um, mm-hmm. if we think about so like so so the temptation I think is to tackle things by increasing representation. And they're like, oh well, that yeah. will make people feel better if we make like a black queer character or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that does not actually help things. Um, yes, mm-hmm. as I hope everyone here would agree. I think yes. that um, so the problem is that you don't have enough at big companies at big like you know like the EAs and blizzards of the world and the riots you don't have enough people um make who are invested in those kinds of stories making the decisions and the executive calls about what the things should be um so this is like a this is like you know like this is the general breakdown problem right like there's not that many women in games and Mm -hmm. um I think it's not viable to expect big games, which is what I'm talking about first, to yeah. tackle that stuff fairly until the kind of like recruiting pipelines are fixed, which um, mm-hmm. I think that most companies are trying to tackle. Um, but like, if you think about like the journey that it takes to become a game designer, there's like 50 points along the pipeline that someone who is not a, like a white middle-class cis dude can fall out of it and they're like socioeconomic they're because you get bullied just for playing games and insulted they're because you go to school and like even your professors are statistically less likely to rate you highly in tech stuff if you're not a dude like there's all of these and like the way that your resume is written can get gender-coded the fucking job descriptions can be gender-coded and make you feel less likely to apply like there are just so many fucking barriers to entry into like the larger games industry that it's really fucking hard. Um, and then even if you get there, uh, you have, you know, stakeholders that you have to report to who can make the call about what kind of characters should be in the game. And then if you work at some companies, not mine, but, um, some companies are public companies, which means that like shareholders ultimately make the decisions, um, Mm. and you report to them. So it's easy to be gun shy if you can't effectively make the cost benefit argument that like, Hey, it benefits us like, and our brand equity. If we make a queer character in this game and just eat the cost of like gamer gators getting mad. Right. Like that's essentially Mm -hmm. what you have to ask them to judge. Right. Like you have to be like, trust me, it is better for us economically. If we put queer characters in this game and make these guys over here mad, um, uh, instead of like leaving them out and pissing off, like, marginalized communities so Mm -hmm. for big games it's it's gonna have to be a a sea change in 
the makeup of what those companies are and um, how decisions get made and who makes them. I think where there's a lot more potential in the short term is stuff like Christine Love or Life is Strange, like these smaller studios who get picked up and published by um, big publishers, but who um, have kind of the creative control to say, hey, no, like this is what this game is going to be about. We wanted to tell this kind of story. Um, and who don't have like these uh, recruiting pipelines that are like pulling from pools that are already like really shitty and don't have like the don't have the infrastructure in place to solve that problem. Um, I also think that so like whenever the thing happened and that expose was published, um, something that I said a lot and this is super corny, but I'm gonna say it is like, hey, like. Mm-hmm. People were like, is it, like, should I apply to work in the games industry? Should I just give up on my dreams? Like, I'm 16 and I'm crying because I don't know what I want to do with my life now because this sounds so scary. And I'm like, listen, like, if if you feel like this is a, a place that is, like, too scary for you to be, and if this industry is, like, going to not be a safe place for you, you should absolutely step out of it. But I think the most important thing that needs to happen is, like, we need to like fill it with people, right? Like we need mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. we need queer people, we need trans people, we need all of those people to like step it up and be the ones to make the change happen because they ain't changing it on their own, right? Mm-hmm. right. Like it's not going to happen and they, they wouldn't know how even if you told them. So I think that um, my thing is if you want to be in the games industry and you feel like you can fight, like please do it because otherwise mm-hmm. like we're all going to get real burned out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Dang. That, that, I think that is totally corny, but it's also really inspiring because, you know, all of the, all of the research that I've done into why this is the way that it is coincides with a lot of the points that you're making. And I think that probably the best fucking way to be, to be changing it long term is to appeal to everyone's sense of, uh, of, of money because right now I do think that um, fucking neoliberals are making it much more like financially viable to be in support of marginalized cu- communities up to a certain point in a certain way. And I think that, you know, if you, if you say like, if you, if you put more people like this in these games or if you start to hire more people like this, you'll make more money is probably like a pretty good selling point. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, at Definitely. this point. But yeah, I there's think a ton of, of like, corporate research into like act like actually like research shows that having more diverse teams like more identity diverse teams produces better mm-hmm. products because if you have okay. like a group of people who are exactly the same way you have so many blind spots essentially that like you don't even see ways that it could be improved or like mistakes that you could be making and so if you ha- it's like the shit with the crash test dummies where like they aren't any good for like they aren't any good except for like a certain kind of body, right? Because mm-hmm. no one ever right. thought about how to design them for anybody but themselves. Um, and right. and it's the same with games. Like it's better to have um, a diverse group of people coming up with diverse ideas, even if all you care about is lining your pockets at the end of the day. Oh, totally. And I mean, yeah. that's probably the again the best way to convince people like that that mm-hmm. that's the case. But I think really, like our salvation personally has been in indie games. And I'm so appreciative yep. for you uh, sharing that with us because so many of our listeners send us indie games that we should be playing that have uh, content that we want to see, honestly. And I'm just so 
grateful and impressed because I know that indie game development is so fucking hard, like, right now, too. Like, it's so hard to Mm -hmm. do and to get off the ground and to get games like that made, even when you're not, like you know, beholden to some stakeholders. So that 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 is just really what's what's going on and changing most most certainly. And I really appreciate all that work that they do there. Cause that Yeah, absolutely. I love those games. Mm-hmm. Butterfly Soup actually, Jocelyn, if it's you haven't so played good. that one, it's a it's a visual like graphic novel or whatever. Visual novel. Visual novel, that's it. Yeah. Because if you. it was graphic it would be like I yeah, haven't that's played it. Uh, thank you. That's not oh. the first time on the podcast that you've said visual graphic novel, and then I've corrected the you. The thing about visual me on this podcast is that novel. I say dumb, bad things. It's just visual novel. <laughs> I, I know. It's just a visual novel. You can either have a graphic novel or a It's a visual novel. novel, and it's called Butterfly Soup. And it's uh, about several uh, queer teens living in Northern California around the time of Prop 8. Um, and it's just Ooh. a bunch of queer teens of color. Um, and it is just the best game. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's just a phenomenal game about like friendship and identity and being a teenager, and it's just so good. And it's pay what you can on yes. itch.io. I also I also cried at that one. Oh yeah, Hundo. Yeah. yeah. Have you played uh, the Red Strings Club? Yes, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Yes, you, that's my favorite game. That's my favorite okay, game cool. like of all time. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love the Red Strings Club. Have you? Uh, Gods will be watching was also really enjoyable for me because. I think those are the two most challenging games that I've played over and over again until I got them right. But Red Strings Club raised some philosophical questions that I've, like, fucking read about when studying humanism and, like, folks like Foucault and stuff. And I loved the fact that I was able to experience that in a video game. I still need to play it. You need to play it so bad. I know, I do. It's so fascinating to me that you, like, guys will be watching because normally, like, heavy decisions, especially with a time, like, a, a, a timing mechanic, stress you out so badly you can't play them. Like, you can't play Telltale games. No, I can't play Telltale But you can play Gods Will Be Watching, which is probably way more stressful than Telltale. It was quite stressful. <laughs> Rip Telltale. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace. Pour Telltale. one out for Telltale. Um, but Red Strings Club also has, has queer content in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's queer. I love that. Blatantly, blatantly I love that. so. I love blatant queerness. No, it's it's You can just beautiful. do it. You can just game. put oh. queer shit in your game. Yeah, and it will be good and successful because Red Strings Club was was quite lauded, I believe, right? Mm. I yeah. don't know if it was that yeah, popular, but it was, yeah, it was very well. Yeah, it was, it was quite popular, actually, yeah, I think. I don't know. Jocelyn's got her finger on the pulse of the gaming community. It is <laughs> now. It was. Yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm glad to hear that, honestly, because games like that can be popular, even though they are, like, challenging both to your morals as well as to play, for me personally, at least. Um, And I think it also had really good replayability value as well. I really appreciated that out of that game. But do we want to start wrapping up? We've almost hit an hour. Yeah, Um, I think it's... uh... It's getting to be that time. Um, Jocelyn, is there anything else that you want to share about your experience or your work or your yeah, what have you? you said so many inspiring things to yeah, us. Yeah, I feel like I went on two really big monologues. Monologues no, really is the, whole the point. best uh, move for a podcast, but I did it anyway. No, so. but I was, I was, I was really here for it. Have you listened to our it. podcast? I mean, have uh, you heard yeah. Hannah? <laughs> I talk a lot. Um, no, monologues is exactly, is exactly perfect. It's great. Everything's perfect. Yes. Um, thank uh, you so much for I've, being on our show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have any monologues left. Um, That's okay. <laughs> I would ask the listeners whenever this hits to hope that Max the Lizard is doing better because 
He's in recovery Aww. from getting bashed in the face. Oh, honey. <laughs> Um, I, I do, I do want to tell the listeners a little bit about your, um, your two, your two wonderful cats, uh, Casey and Lucas, <laughs> who, um, I have only ever seen pictures of. I've never met them in person, but they are the two handsomest boys, uh, that I've ever seen in my entire life. And they're <laughs> turning think, nine this year. Are you serious? They're already nine years old. Yep. Wow. That's wild. Jocelyn, and they still so act like toddlers. Well, that's. <laughs> That's just cats, dude. That's all that you can expect. <laughs> yeah. Ours is five, and she's uh, probably the whiniest brat I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, look at her. Turn around and look at her foot right now. She's behind me, isn't she? She's just sitting on her little cat tree, and she's, like, leaning with, like, one arm hanging off of it, like a little slug. It's great. No, she she's like absolutely perfect. That's, Mine that's are both the other on their cat point. tree next to me right now. They're staring at me. Oh, I've been doing it for the rest of recording. Those nerds. I bet they spend a lot of time staring at you while you're on your computer. Oh, yes. Their favorite cat activity. Do you take them outside, Jocelyn? The cats? No. I take Max on walks outside on my shoulder to get sunlight. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, when he gets bigger, I'll give him a little harness and take him outside on it. That's oh my fantastic. god, that's gonna be so cute. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I'm sending him all of my thoughts and prayers yeah. to you, recover Thank you. from yeah, thoughts the, and uh, prayers. Cat, cat bashing. That Hashtag thoughts and prayers for Max the Lizard. Yeah. Recovering from his cat I'll be punch. Sure, I'll be sure to put that down. I'll be sure to put that down. But um, as we're wrapping up before we do all of our, uh, you know, social media yep. things, do you want to tell us um, where uh, our listeners can find you and maybe listen to your podcast or even if you want, maybe play a game with you? Yeah, sure. Um, so if you want to hear us whine and complain and rend our garments and gnash our teeth about uh, the Orville, <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter at I think the Orville is bad. I mean, I'll check and make sure that's right. I think that's true. Yeah, the Orville is bad. Um, our podcast is called The Orville Will Be Canceled. It's on whatever podcast. Uh, it has like <laughs> three stars because we keep getting brigaded by people who love the Orville. Um, oh, I'll have to put another rating down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter and see pictures of my cats, uh, you can follow me at Galdusha, which is G-U-L-D-E-U-X-C-H-A-T-S. Um, and if you want to play League with me, I am Riot Mori Girl, R-I-O-T-M-O-R-I-G-R-L on North oh, American God bless servers. You. <laughs> I might reinstall League of Legends just to drag you down (laughs) in some game. Honestly, I would be delighted to do that. And everyone should follow you on Twitter because Mm -hmm. your videos and pictures of your two perfect and wonderful cats are probably one of the greatest lights of of my day. Whenever and now probably your perfect and wonderful. Yeah, I was about to say your perfect and now the perfect and wonderful amazing lizard Max. Max the lizard. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers for Max. Um, thank you so much for being on our show, Where Jocelyn. Where can you find us? Well, you can find us all over the place. We're on social media. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers with a Z, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. You can email us if it, at, email us at, fuck, email us at 
If it's gay, we play at gmail.com. Yes, please send us game recommendations, thoughts, feelings. Uh, if thoughts you, and if prayers. You, if you, thoughts and prayers for Max. If you enjoy the podcast, just write to us. We've been getting a lot of very nice emails lately telling me that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is coming out. And I just, yeah, people I really have been blowing up our social media. From the bottom of my heart. Because <laughs> everyone that knows that game is coming out. <laughs> uh, how much I love that game. My favorite thing about it is on the Honest to God professional game website for, for the game itself there are half sentences that do uh-huh. not have punctuation uh that don't say anything yeah and this like, is like and a real game yeah, that's being released with a real website and everything yeah it's it's absolutely incredible i love the goth community yeah. for this game it's useless it's we're absolutely useless yeah most definitely but um yeah, I think that's I think that's all of it. Uh, send us an email, write us a review, find us on social media, tell me about video yeah. games. Find Jocelyn on social media, listen to her podcast. If you hate Seth MacFarlane as much as we do, which you should if you're you listening should, to our podcast, because he's a terrible piece of shit. Um, go give some nice reviews to Jocelyn's podcast. Yeah, and it then, sounds like they could really use it. It's actually a very good podcast. Yeah, and while you're there, give some nice reviews to our podcast. Just give us some reviews. Just give, some, give us some, some subscriptions. Do subscribe, download, rate, review. Do the uh, do it all. Make it, a bad yeah. review, make it a funny bad review. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Please, yeah. Please. At least be creative. In, in all of your forms of review, be creative. That's yes. all that we ask. Truly. Um, uh, we yeah, we're gonna go. Do you remember see our Shakespeare? phrase? Nope, I forgot it. Keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck shit up. Thank you, Jocelyn. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>